Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. They are Sports Illustrated. It's amazing. This incredible body of work. I really appreciate the integrity. Everything you do is well done. You guys do a great job. We love it. What can we say? He's Chris Maddox. He's employed by Sports Illustrated. The announcer's got it in for me. There you go. This is the Crossover NBA Podcast. You have a problem with it? Build a team that can beat them. Hosted by the one and only. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Chris Maddox. All right, welcome back. Crossover NBA podcast. We are now officially weeks away from the NBA returning, and it's certainly not returning under the most seamless of circumstances. Uh, The league, of course, dealing with the coronavirus pandemic still raging in Florida. And uh, look, there are players withdrawing for a variety of reasons. Talk about that and much more. Let's bring in Jeff Zilgit, senior NBA writer over at USA Today. Does a great job for them, cover the league for a very long time. Jeff, how are you, my friend? Uh, Chris, I, I, I try to answer this question as I'm fine enough and trying to keep proper perspective uh, with everything that's going on out there. Yeah, I mean, there are, there are a lot worse things to be doing or that could be happening than wondering about the future of an NBA season. So we're lucky in, in that respect. But uh, man, there is, there is a lot to talk about, though, in the last uh, couple of days. We're recording this late Wednesday afternoon, so... If something happens in the early mornings on Thursday, forgive us. But I want to dive into first the issue, Jeff, of the NBA going to Florida itself. I mean, the league at this point, you know, the way it was described to me by a couple of people was that the NBA is almost too big to fail. 
at this point, that they are going to charge ahead with this plan into Florida, despite the fact that Florida is recording record numbers of COVID-19 cases. The Orange County area specifically is recording record numbers of COVID-19 cases. That area, of course, is where Orlando is located, where Disney World is located. So I'll ask you this, Jeff. Do you think that the NBA and the season starting is almost too big to fail? Well, I I don't know the answer quite yet to that, Chris, but uh, to your point, they are charging ahead. And whenever I talk to people and bring up the numbers that you just mentioned, uh, rising, it's not only rising number of cases, but the positive rate is also increasing. It's in double digits. I think the latest I checked in Orange County, 17% of the tests were coming back positive. Uh, which just two weeks ago, I think in Orange County, it was 5%. Uh, but every time I bring those stats up to anyone associated with the NBA, the thing I get back is that they just feel real confident in their ability to isolate themselves in this pseudo bubble uh, or campus environment that they're calling uh, while understanding that they have to take some risk if they want to play and acknowledging that, you know, in all likelihood, uh, either players or staffers or central personnel are going to test positive and, and they're just banking on the idea with the amount of testing and procedures they have in place for health and safety that they're going to minimize those cases and avoid any kind of serious outbreak that impacts lots of players or lots of players on one team or a handful of starters on one team. And Chris, ultimately, that's the risk they're willing to take. And, um, you know, I can't blame either side for wanting to go that route. And at the same token, you know, even from the onset of this pandemic, I always wondered if they would be able to pull it off. Yeah, Jeff, I've heard a lot of the same things from league officials when I've had these conversations. Where I've pushed back is, you know, using the other sport I cover as a point of reference. I mean, I cover boxing, and Top Rank, the boxing promoter, has been in Las Vegas for several weeks now. Uh, They have created a bubble. They have created very detailed protocols. Uh, They are working with one of the better state commissions in Nevada uh, that, you know, signed off on these protocols. And they have been plagued literally since day one by infections and, you know, uh, potential false positives and all sorts of issues that have caused some major disruptions in their ESPN televised shows. And I've pointed out to NBA officials, like, Top Rank has 150 people basically at most, in their bubble at one time. You're going to have well over a 1,000 inside that bubble. And not only that, but you are going to have people coming in and out of that bubble, Disney employees that are not tested, that are given temperature checks and asked about their symptoms. Now, you know, per that 113-page memo, which I I finally digested after about a week (laughs) and a half, um, you know, those employees are not going to directly interact with anybody that is under official quarantine. They'll be six feet away. But we both know that isn't how things usually work. I mean, that's not, you know, things can happen. You know, things can spread, things change. I I just look, Jeff, I hope I'm wrong. I really do. Like, I'm not trying to be a naysayer here, but I don't know how the NBA avoids a mass outbreak. I mean, it's clear they're going to have some positives. And one thing the league is doing that is better than boxing 
is that when somebody tests positive, they're not going to immediately sideline them. They're going to give them a second test to make sure yes. that that positive test is is valid, which boxing really needs to do because they're losing too many fights to to potential false positives. But even with that safeguard, I have legitimate concerns that we won't see a team wiped out by three, four, five positive tests that would effectively eliminate them. I mean, they the team would still go on, Jeff, but you know, per the league rules, you've basically got to isolate these players for 10 to 14 days, and that's the, that's a playoff series right there. So I, I have real concerns, Jeff, that we're going to have uh, a kind of a, a, a bizarre postseason where teams just are, are effectively eliminated by the coronavirus. And, and look, I think we're already having a bizarre postseason, the, the way it's lining up, and then with the scenario that you're laying out, it could even get more bizarre. And, and again, I'm not one of these guys who, from the onset, who has said, well, the winner uh, of the championship this year is going to have an asterisk. Uh, I do think it's going to be difficult for a team to win a title in a completely different way. They haven't played since March 11th. You're asked to rejoin and now not only play, but play at a highly competitive level, try to win a championship. But in the scenario you're talking about, and, and – let's just forget a team, but let's just say it's a, a championship contender and you're mentioning three or four players test positive and then they're out. And, and those three or four players are at least rotation players, if not, you know, key players. Um, it, it's impossible to expect that team to advance out of the next round. And that's when I start to wonder about, well, are, are we really getting a true champion out of this? If, if that happens, uh, but, but look, Chris, I guess I've tried not to be the naysayer like you have. I've tried not to be negative about this, but I'm also – you have to be realistic about what's going on. Now, the one thing about Disney employees that I guess I, I would caution, and you know, no one has said this uh, um, publicly, uh, but you know, reading between the lines in that document is the NBA has given themselves an allowance to – update or change or modify as they see fit. And while I understand testing is expensive, um, you know, Disney, obviously a, a huge corporation, maybe if this continues in Florida and the NBA pushes through, that maybe they, they start to look at ways to test Disney employees on a semi-regular basis. You know, there was one infectious disease expert that I talked to who hadn't heard of any kind of government or any other kind of recommendation for daily testing anywhere. Now, regular testing, he understands, but even in medical facilities with uh, frontline healthcare workers treating COVID-19 patients, they're not even getting tested every day or every other day. So, you know, maybe once they get inside that bubble and see things, you know, maybe there's a way to start testing those employees who are in and out of the campus uh, with some regularity to try to mitigate a, a larger outbreak. Yeah, I think what's also important when it comes to testing, and God knows I'm not a doctor or infectious disease specialist, but I've talked to enough over the last three months to have uh, some kind of grasp on it, is that those the, the, the shallow nasal swabs and the mouth swabs are far less reliable than the deep nasal swabs. Now, Nobody wants the deep nasal swabs. Not you, right, not yeah. me, not anyone. I saw a video that Ennis Cantor posted where when he sat down, he was clearly under the impression 
that he was going to have to have that you know brain examination that is the deep nasal swab and and you could just see the relief on his face when he just had a throat swab um th- those tests i think are far more prone to false positives than those deep nasal swabs which are the more reliable of the of the, of the testing so i think you've got to embrace that uh you know at the very least with everybody uh, inside that bubble um if not the disney employees that are uh, eventually coming coming in and out but it's just it's just look i i kind of have been a naysayer in the extent that i never i do believe this is an asterisk season i do because you you just if for nothing else this is a new thing right like the season ended in early to mid-march four months later you're basically starting a new thing in a lot of cases with new players i mean philadelphia was quite literally dead in the water in mid-march ben simmons was done. That team didn't look like it liked each other all that much. Everyone from Elton Brand to Brett Brown, they looked like they had one foot out the door. Now, Ben Simmons comes back. Joel Embiid says he's in great shape. It, they have a new opportunity here. On the other side of it, Bojan Bogdanovic was not done for the season with Utah. Now he is. Uh, the Blazers are presumably going to get back uh, Yusuf Nurkic, who's been done all season, and Zach Collins, who's been basically done all season. Like it just, this just feels like something completely new, and I, 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 want, I feel like I want to treat it as such. Am I wrong to to feel that way? That this is, you know, I, I agree with you that it's a it's a unique challenge to do this. Like it, it, it accomplishes something to get through a playoffs under these circumstances, but it just doesn't accomplish what should end with the 2020 NBA champion. Well, and, and look, Chris, uh, to to bolster your point a little bit uh, and look I view it the, the same way I do think it will be difficult to win but you're talking about all the, the challenges and changes but even take a team like the Milwaukee Bucks or Los Angeles Lakers look Anthony Davis was playing some of his best basketball of the year uh, when the season was suspended the Milwaukee Bucks were rolling and after this break Chris by the time we get back in July we're talking four months are they even going to be able to pick up at all where they left off? You know, that, that's almost like a full break of it uh, in between seasons almost. And I, I, I'm just not sure, you know, I, I don't know the impact yet. And, and they haven't even had dramatic changes to their rosters. Now I know Avery Bradley, uh, you know, ESPN reported is not going to play uh, for family reasons. Um, but I, I just don't know how it's going to impact those teams. And so does that give a team, like Philadelphia that didn't look like they were going anywhere, a better chance. Or a team like Denver, which is, you know, ultimately those guys have played together uh, for a little while and they're coming back. Does that give them a better chance to maybe upend a team and get to the conference finals? And, and, and so while it's going to be different, all these factors also make it very intriguing to me, health issues aside, because I think we're going to be paying attention to that every day. And we're going to, you know, I guess, Chris, I'll, I'll go to another point in that 113-page document. There was really no definitive answers. There was lots of clarity on what happens when someone tests positive, uh, what you can do and can't do while you're inside that bubble-like environment. There was really no rules or anything spelled out about under what circumstances the league would actually cancel or pull the plug on the season and say enough is enough. And, you know, I know the league, every time you probably do the same thing, they don't like dealing in hypotheticals. They don't want to answer, well, what if this happens? Um, but, you know, there was nothing 
that talked about suspending the season again and, you know, in essence, canceling it for this year. And, you know, I, I would like to have some of those answers as well. I mean, look, one thing is I, I do think, like, like you probably know as well, I mean, I think the league has – those answers at this point, they're just not quite ready to share them, at least not as we record yeah. this uh, on Wednesday. But you do have to deal with hypotheticals. I mean, that's a reality because the hypotheticals uh, are very likely to become a reality in these situations. And, you know, how many positive tests, how many teams decimated uh, is okay before you pull the plug in this whole thing? That's going to be very interesting to see how, how, if and how that's spelled out in the days to come. I, I want to ask you, because you mentioned Avery Bradley, and not surprisingly, we have seen players decide to bow out, and equally not surprisingly, they have been for a variety of different reasons. One thing I've tried to stress, you know, on this podcast, in radio interviews, in print, is that players on this on the subject of Orlando are not speaking with one voice. Like, they all have a different set of priorities, whether it's health, social justice, uh, future contracts. I mean, there just is a, uh, a a wide swath of reasons that players might want to to bow out of Orlando. And uh, what have you made of the early dropouts? You've got Davis Bertans, who is effectively dropping out because his team's going nowhere. And he's not risking you know a ten plus million dollar per year salary, which I don't blame him for. You've got Trevor Reza with a set of circumstances that nobody could have known about, and you know, quite frankly, nobody should know about with his personal business, and Avery Bradley, who uh, has what I think, Jeff, is a situation that's not uncommon, a family member that has some kind of, uh, in Avery's case, a respiratory disease, as he told ESPN, or some kind of autoimmune disease that some other uh, family members of other players might have. What have you made of the early dropouts? Well, the, the one thing I decided on, Chris, when the NBA and MVPA, the Players Union, came to an agreement on this is that uh, I, I wasn't going to be the uh, judge and jury here on any player's uh, decision to play or not play. And so, so far, uh, I'm going to stick with that. And every player who doesn't want to play for whatever the reason, uh, I, I have respect for their decision. And I, I'm probably going to continue to stick with that uh, because of the very reason you're mentioning. There are, there are lots of different things that go into this. Um, you, I understand these are well-paid individuals. Um, I also understand that there are, you know, so many personal considerations that go into that, um, you know, not only for them, but their family members and the idea of if they're getting sick or getting someone else sick weighs heavily on them. And, and they're going to be in there. Take Avery Bradley, for, for instance. And, you know, he has a, a young child who doesn't respond well to respiratory illness. And Avery was hoping to bring his family inside the bubble after the first round. And he doesn't feel comfortable doing that. That's a long time, Chris. Those players could be in there. A team like the Lakers, if they make the finals, could be in there from you know early July to early October. That, that's a long time for any of us to be separated. I know we've all been homebound. We get that right now. But now you're separating them from family, at least right now, that these players and staffers are with family. And that's not necessarily going to be the case. And it is a tall order to ask. And so I'm sticking with it, Chris. So for whatever reason, a player doesn't decide to play. Uh, the league and the players union came to that agreement. They decided, uh, you know, in certain cases, a player will be excused and he will continue to get paid. 
In other cases, uh, you know, he won't be one of these preferred absences uh, and he won't get paid. Uh, and, and that's their decision. Now, I did see looking at that document again, Chris, buried, uh, you know, well, not buried, but inside the 113 pages, it, you know, the, the player, if he wants to get paid, I think we'll need to provide a, a, a written reason from a doctor of why, you know, he isn't playing. And then uh, if need be, I think that would go before a review panel of someone from the NBA, someone from the NBPA, and then a, a neutral arbiter um, who would be a, a potentially a deciding vote uh, on this. And, and, and so, look, there is some structure to this, and I'm fine with, again, any player who doesn't want to play. Yeah, I'd like to see Avery Bradley get paid during the, all this because, I mean, this is not something you sign up for. Like, it's not in your contract that you're going to be away from your family for three-plus months, and, you know, knowing one of your family members could potentially be exposed to a disease that could kill them. I mean, look, it just... I think that's reason enough to pay Avery Bradley out the remainder of his contract, especially when you've got nearly a third of the league that's getting paid anyway, not to play. So, yes, you know, yep. I mean, that, that has to be taken into account... Uh, as well let me ask this about Bradley though to pivot for a second to a pure basketball perspective like he is the first player uh to to bow out that could impact the championship chase like at least what we know on paper like Avery Bradley I Jeff I will I'm gonna take a victory lap here in this podcast I told people in what was it like in the summer whenever Bradley signed that this was a big acquisition Avery Bradley could still play he was not the guy that people saw with the Clippers. He was more the player in Memphis and before that in Boston. Like, he was a defensive stopper who could make some threes, ball handle a little bit, and he has been exactly that. He's been, you know, was it, seven, eight points per game, playing 25 minutes per game, and he was starting to peak for them. Like, the month of March was a great month for Avery Bradley. One of the last games, maybe it was the last game against the Clippers, he played great in that game. A marquee matchup for the Lakers, and Avery Bradley was everywhere. So, this is a major loss for the Lakers. They've got some depth at that guard position. I mean, Alex Caruso's had a very good year. He's got great chemistry with LeBron. The numbers back that up. Uh, and I guess J.R. Smith is in the mix for that guard spot, but he feels like a you know break glass in case of emergency guy for, for the Lakers. But, I mean, this is, you know, we now have a player that whose absence is going to significantly impact the playoff chase. And just to add to your point about, you know, there's a little bit of depth at the guard spot. Look, Danny Green also has not had the season, at least shooting the ball, all, you know, and, and take the whole season in its totality. He has not had the season he's wanted from three-point range um, it, as well. And, and so I, I'm with you, Chris. I think that's probably a larger loss uh, than people maybe expect. You know, they might just think, oh, Avery Bradley, they'll be fine. But, you know, I love all the things you were saying, especially the way he's been able to play defense again this year and hit some of those three-pointers. That's the one thing with that squad is you're going to get your three-pointers with LeBron and Anthony Davis. And and he was one of those guys who was helping out on that front. I think that's a big loss for them. And I'm just also going to touch – I don't think Trevor Ariza is going to be one of these guys who gets the exception. Um, it's not a medical or health reason. And at the same token, Chris, you talk about, you use the phrase that this isn't what they signed up for. You know, when, when they're planning these things family-wise, and in his particular situation that was reported on, is 
he's planning on having the month of July and August and September off, at least not playing games. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S., That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Um, Let's talk for a second, though, about Bertans here, because I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, and really since that, that union conference call with the young players like Tatum and Mitchell and others, that those players weren't the players I would be focusing on. Because, look, the reality is, knock on wood, that if Tatum or Donovan Mitchell or De'Aaron Fox got suffered a significant injury, they'd probably still get you know their max level contract. Because these are cornerstone players that, you know, yeah. like Durant types. Durant you know, went into the offseason with a, uh, an Achilles injury, and he still got a four-year max from, from Brooklyn. Those kind of guys 
are still going to get paid. It was the players like Bertans that I was really focused on. And sure enough, like Bertans, like he is the quintessential player that should want nothing to do with playing. Like if you're Davis Bertans, there's only downside. Like you just had the season of your life. You're going to be an unrestricted free agent in a market that is not ripe with top-level unrestricted free agents. You are a three-point shooting big man. Those guys are like, I mean, they're coveted like platinum. I mean, it's it's ridiculous how bad every team wants a player like Davis Bertans. Why in the world would you go back for a nine-seed Washington play maybe seven or eight games after not playing for three months and risk injury? Like, players like Bertans are the ones I'm looking at. And I, as I look across the league... I'm also looking at, like, Paul Millsap. I'm looking at Marcus Morris with the Clippers. I'm looking at Danilo Gallinari with the Thunder. Now, those players are on teams that are playing for something, but those are the type of guys, I think, that should be more worried about injury than, you know, those those young players coming up on those rookie extensions. And, and Chris, I think the, the, the last three guys that you mentioned maybe pose the more difficult uh, choice, given that their teams... Um, are playoff teams and in some cases like the Clippers, you know, a, a team that thinks they can get to the NBA finals. And so that makes that a, a little bit more difficult. Now with Burt hands, I got a laugh out of it, Chris. And, you know, since I'm here in Washington, D.C., I watch a lot of Wizards basketball uh, at the arena. And one of the joys of watching the Wizards this year, look, look I know they're not a great team, but, but they were strangely fun to watch. They put up a lot of points. They didn't always play a ton of defense. Um, but geez, with Bradley Beal and then Bertans, the way he shoots the three ball, Chris, I mean, th- they were an entertaining team to watch. And I also think it worked out because the Wizards understand this. They would love to resign him, knowing that they're getting a healthy John Wall back. They'll get a more committed look. Bradley Beal did not have his best defensive year this year. Uh, but I think he also understood that uh, he couldn't give it all uh, defensively on that team. And so they're going to get a more committed Bradley Beal on the defensive end next year. And then they can have someone like Bertans. And in the East, they're on the cusp of the playoffs in the East right now, Chris, with a not very good team or a bad team. And so you look at all those pieces. They maybe draft well with Tommy Shepard leading that draft there. Like that's a team that then could all of a sudden look at, you know, being a playoff team next year. Um, and so I completely understand why Bertans didn't want to play, and I also understand why the Wizards were completely fine with him not playing. And those other guys that you mentioned, Chris, look, I think that's a bigger dilemma uh, given that you know their teams either think they can make some kind of run or a deep run. Yeah, the Wizards, they were offered before the deadline, which seems like a lifetime ago. Uh, they were offered multiple first-round picks for uh, Davis Berton. So that tells me all I need to know about their desire and intention to re-sign him to a long-term deal to be that gunner uh, alongside a returning John Wall and Bradley Beal. And, to, you know, to, to have it trickle down a little bit, Jeff, I don't think we're going to see much of Beal either. Like, I don't know what the upside is yeah. to roll him out there and risk, you know, what would they hope will be a good season next year with Wall and Beal back. I think you're going to get a lot of backups being played out there and the Wizards kind of playing out the string and maybe they catch lightning in a bottle and get within four games of Orlando or Brooklyn for that last spot, but I, I can't see them putting all that much energy into uh, into that spot. Can you? No, and look, Chris, even before the C, I was talking with, uh, in fact, the, the week the league was suspended there in March, I think maybe the Monday before the Wednesday night games, 
I was at the Wizards practice facility. I was talking to Ish Smith. I was talking about the future of this Wizards team. And the, the bottom line is that, and, and we don't need to spend much more time on the Wizards than this, <laughs> this season was always about next season for the Wizards, and there's no reason for them not to continue that philosophy. Yeah, I agree. Uh, maybe Ish Smith will get a lot of burn in these playoffs. As, uh, right. As, uh, it, it, Exactly. Let me figure it out. Uh, two quick things I want to hit on before I let you go. Uh, the Knicks uh, casting a pretty wide net for their in their coaching search. And look, first, I love it because there's no downside to uh, speaking to as many of the top basketball minds that are out there. And, you know, talking to Pat Delaney, who is an excellent young coach in the Orlando system, Jamal Mosley in Dallas. Uh, also kicking the tires on a Jason Kidd who's had a very good assistant coaching year, uh, you know, been a good assistant and uh, by all accounts a good soldier as a uh, top lieutenant to Frank Vogel. Uh, I like that their approach, but in your mind, is there any way this ends with anyone other than Tom Thibodeau? I mean, th- there's really no pressure on them to hire Tibbs because, like the other team that could have a coaching opening soon, is Chicago, and he ain't going back there. So it's like it's he's sort of waiting on on that uh the Knicks to figure it out but Leon Rose was his agent I mean that's that's what he was he was his agent uh for a long time and Tibbs is still an excellent high level coach who badly wants that Knicks job do you do you think there's a chance they go in a different direction than Tom Thibodeau look do I think there's a chance I do but I'm also looking at it Chris from the, the perspective that you just mentioned that it's very smart to cast that wide net. I like the idea of looking at the younger, up-and-coming coaches. Look, there's been some successful ones recently. You look at what Taylor Jenkins did in Memphis this year. You look at a guy like Lloyd Pierce in Atlanta, and I know they're not one of the 22 teams, but you can see some of the direction that he can get that team going. And so I do really like the idea of exploring a guy that – might not be a household name. Um, And and yet, given all the connections we're talking about, and you saw today the Knicks just um, hired William Wesley as well. Oh, yeah. And long-term connections to Leon Rose and CAA and and Tom Thibodeau as well. And so it makes sense. The only thing I do wonder about while we're sitting here talking about it is – you know, think of the team that, you know, Tibbs has had some success with, that Chicago Bulls team, and then, you know, obviously the work he did as an assistant coach with the Boston Celtics. It seems it really does well with a veteran team that is ready to win now and be in the playoffs, and the Knicks aren't there right now, and we did see Tibbs struggle sometimes with those kinds of teams that weren't playoff teams, whether it was in Chicago or whether it was with the Timberwolves. And, you know, I, I wonder if it's a similar situation. He, he isn't always the easiest coach to play for. Uh, I do like him a lot. and think, you know, he, his basketball acumen, uh, it, you know, you can't you know, question that. Uh, but, you know, is he the right coach at the right time for this Knicks team? Uh, that, that's my biggest concern. Yeah, it, it's a fair question. I'd probably counter with, you know, the Bulls were pretty young when Tibbs took over. Like, they were advanced for their age. But Noah Rose uh, Butler, who was drafted there, I mean, these were young guys that Tibbs uh, coached up and pushed them that level. And even Minnesota, before it went completely bonkers in his final season, like they were 
trending in the right direction before Butler got hurt and and things went south. So I, I think it's possible for him to be the right guy for a young team. The, the name I'm curious that hasn't been in that mix, at least not that I know of, is Kenny Atkinson, who would seem like the perfect choice for a team like that. I mean, that's a Long Island guy who coached the Nets from, you know, a team that was filled with, you know, sort of uh, young, you know, second round-ish talent, undrafted talent, you know, guys like D'Angelo Russell who were somewhat damaged goods, and he coached them into a mid-level playoff team. I, I wonder why why Kenny Atkinson hasn't been sort of thrust into that mix all that much. Maybe he will before this is all said and done, but he does. Does, does he not seem like a good choice there, Jeff? He seemed like when the Knicks decided to go that direction earlier in the season, it, it did seem like uh, that, that would be a great fit um, for him. Uh, he, you know, I, now, Chris, the season is so long ago. Uh, I, I guess the, uh, the Nets thing happened after the Knicks thing. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 so when it happened with the Nets, uh, you, you know, it did seem like a, a, a real solid fit. And yet at the same token, the, Net, the Knicks have made the front office changes that probably alters that um, a, a little bit as well. Uh, but with that said, you, you know, and we'll see what happens uh, with other teams. But Kenny Atkinson, I think, does deserve another chance uh, with the team, uh, given what he did. And, you know, I, I certainly throw him in that same category uh, of a, a coach maybe who wasn't well-known outside of NBA circles, uh, but that can come in and coach a team, uh, have them play the right way. I, I sometimes compared him a little bit uh, to what Brett Brown had to do early on with his Sixers days. He had to coach bad teams, and but still instill a culture that didn't get uh, used to accepting losing as the norm. And, you know, he's the kind of guy I think would fit with one of these teams that needs a rebuild. Yeah, I completely agree. Let me finish with uh, a quick note on the Pistons. Um, you know, putting aside the fact that the NBA does need more diversity in front offices, it's about time Troy Weaver got a job. No matter what race he was, or is rather, uh, he's deserved a job, Jeff, for a long time. I mean, you know, you get jobs largely based on the success of your franchise. We've seen it happen in San Antonio, most most notably with their general manager tree. Uh, but it's been a long time for Troy Weaver as a top lieutenant to Sam Presti in Oklahoma City to get a shot. I mean, it's been written ad nauseum, but he was influential in the decision to draft Russell Westbrook. And I think Sam Presti is one of the best GMs in the league, if not the best, uh, but he doesn't do it alone. And, and Troy has been a part of that process. I think the Pistons, who just badly need to, you know, do one of those wily Coyote dynamites that roster and and start from scratch. I mean, they're getting the right guy uh, to start to rebuild that team. What did you think of the hire of Troy Re- Troy Weaver? No, I, I love the hire uh, for all the reasons that you're mentioning. And look, we know Troy has been in the mix uh, for some other jobs, and we, you know we we know that uh, also the Oklahoma City are very protective of their front office staff that works for Sam Presti. And, you know, to certain degrees, I think they, you know, they want to make sure that if anyone's leaving that organization, that they're, they're taking a job where they can really excel. Uh, There's obviously room to grow. The Pistons are going to have some draft picks and that's where Troy does a good job. And, and so again, love the pick, love it for the, or love the hire, love it for the Pistons. And uh, Chris, I'm not saying the NBA is perfect. Uh, diversity hires, but we, you know, I know he's not going to be the main guy, but we just saw Mark Eversley 
with the Chicago Bulls, get hired as the GM. Uh, he, he will be working um, underneath our tourist Karnishavis, uh, who's going to be the you know in charge of basketball ops. We just saw William Wesley get hired in New York, and again, not saying the NBA is perfect, uh, but those are some you know three front office hires right there, uh, you know that are starting to you know help out when it comes to diversity hires. We need world we need World Wide West to have a press conference, like an introductory press conference, because. I don't know about you, but I've got a lot of questions for World Wide West. <laughs> he would probably say that he needs no introduction. Yes. Introductory <laughs> press conference. Uh, and it's, it, that's an interesting point, Chris. Obviously, you know, just real quick on that, you know, the, there was an era of which, you know, you certainly know that World Wide West was you know, super influential, but at the forefront, like his name was being mentioned when LeBron joined the Miami Heat. World Wide West was sitting courtside uh, at, at a lot of those heat games. It was a visible presence and, and then made himself a little less visible as time went on. I know that, uh, you know, he was still working behind the scenes, but you haven't really heard a lot of World Wide West until recently. Yeah, you're right. It'd be interesting to see how he uh, fits in and what his role specifically is going to be with that team. Uh, Jeff, appreciate the time, man. Always great to catch up with you. And I'm sure we'll talk again as uh the bubble opens up down there in Central Florida. Uh, Perfect, Chris. Thanks for having me today. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare